and welcome into the new episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast. It's been a while since we we have done a podcast. Basically took the whole offseason off. Uh, a lot of different stuff happening. I went through a career change. So I just started my first year as a teacher. Still doing radio, still doing freelance work for ESPN, but became a physical education teacher. So I was in my final semester getting everything ready for that. So it's been chaotic. So now I finally feel like I have a little stability. So good to jump back on the mic with you guys. Of course, yeah, I'm with uh, Chip Murphy and Jeffrey Campbell. We're missing Danny today. So we didn't get the whole group back together. But, you know, 70, 75% ain't bad to, to get our first podcast started in quite some time. So first off, before we jump into it, Chip, how have you been? I haven't talked to you in forever. I know. It's been it feels like a year that we that we've uh, the last time we spoke. Uh, our podcast, all three of us working in schools, by the way, I'm me and Jeff too. <laughs> yeah. All educated. Yeah. <laughs> Not, I feel like we're probably the only Knicks podcast that can say that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been good, man. Also back working at the school, paraprofessional. I'm a paraprofessional. We've talked about that on here, but yeah, I'm good. Excited about the year for the Knicks. Uh, obviously tough loss in the opener, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good off season for us. It was fun. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm just looking forward to the year. And Jeff, how have you been? It's been I've a been while as well. It's it's been has been a long time. I've been good. Uh, like yourself, I kind of made a transition and moved schools. So I was in the Bronx for nine years. Now I'm in Long Island City, which is a lot closer to where I'm at in Queens. So, um, but yeah, just like Chip, man, I'm I'm very excited to talk about these Knicks heartbreaker last night um i was in and around a couple of different restaurants and bars and, and the vibe was great the yankees were playing too so uh yeah pumped to talk about them and and kind of push all this donovan mitchell trade talk that dominated the summer uh, now we can get into the real stuff uh, I, know, I i forgot we were we almost traded for donovan mitchell that's right I'm actually kind of <laughs> glad we didn't do podcasts in the offseason because I hate rumors and the entire time. It's not like the Knicks didn't try. Obviously, they tried to get them, but it's just one of those things. Y'all know how I feel. I cannot deal with the whole rumors and this is going to happen. And I mean, like Twitter and Facebook, both like everybody was freaking out on every single update. It was the greatest thing in the world. Like, no, I don't get me wrong. I would have loved to have them on the Knicks, but. When it was finally over and I didn't have to hear it anymore, it was nice. It, it it was nice to kind of get a little break from that. And honestly, I forgot all about it until you just mentioned it. To be you know, to be honest, just focused on the season uh, with what we had. And uh, obviously, last night was the opening night for us, as as we mentioned. It was a it was a tough one. Uh, you know, we did not come out and did not look good for, you know, the early part of the game. One point we were down 19. Really, by the end of that first half, things started to take an ugly turn for us, uh, and it looked like we were going to get ran out of the gym. But second half, they came out, made some adjustments, played well, forced overtime, uh, and, and, you know, just fell a little short. Uh, and, and quite frankly, what it came down to was John Morant was able to make more plays down the stretch, and we, we just didn't. 
so a tough loss, but there is some to be encouraged about here. And, and Jeff, I'm going to start with you. Your thoughts on opening night. Um, you know, we've had some players that kind of emerged for us. That was nice to see. We also had players that, that struggled. What, what is your overall take from the opening night loss uh, to Memphis last night? Just excitement, man. You know, um, that game could have gone a lot of different ways. I think as Knicks fans watching preseason where we saw a lot more fluidity on the offense, uh, I think watching Jalen Brunson orchestrate and create for himself was something that, you know, you, you see four games of that, even though it's preseason basketball. And you're kind of like, damn, this kind of looks like a cohesive unit. Julius is playing okay. Um, so to come out of the gate struggling was rough because, you know, I, I think going into this season, a lot has been made about the potential fit between RJ, Jalen, Julius, right? All guys need the ball. All guys like to drive. So how is that going to fit? So early on when it didn't fit, you're kind of sitting there like, well, listen, Memphis is a good team. It's a road game. There's rust. But you start to there's a little bit of doubt and anxiety that creeps into you. So then when we switched on to the second half, what I really loved about this team is I just saw fight. You know, I saw heart. You know, you see Julius making plays who's been much maligned um, and rightfully so in some situations. He's brought a lot of stuff on himself. But to see him really fight, to see him play great team ball, he was probably the most efficient shooter on the night um you know based up based on the guys that were out there so to see them claw back and and even take the lead i think they had a one point lead at one point yeah. in the in the fourth um was really encouraging and then just to see cam reddish put on uh the superman cape for you know about a quarter and a half was was really impressive so my overall takeaway is really excited by the game that they played encouraged but what by what could be in the future and just fun to watch and if if you have a lot of questions about your team you want them to be fun to watch and and they were fun yesterday for sure yeah chip you piggyback off of it with uh with your thoughts from the opener yeah for sure i agree i mean we had uh, one of our best players, RJ Barrett, played about as bad a game as he'll play all season, and we still I think it was only his worst lost. game of his career. Yeah, it was I mean, one. It really of, was for sure, and we still only lost by three on the road to a really good team. So I I'm happy with that. I know they weren't at full strength, but whatever. That was still Memphis is still really good with the cast that they had on the court that night. They're always good when they have John Morant, and yet John Morant was the difference in that game. But if RJ plays just his normal game, they win that game. Yeah. So I came away pretty confident from that one, knowing that, you know, when we play them at MSG, I think we can beat them. So yeah, Jeff mentioned Cam. Obviously, for Knicks fans, I think Cam has to be the number one takeaway. Like, we were talking before we came on, like, who could have possibly seen that coming with Cam? Like 28 minutes, 22. I never doubted him. <laughs> yeah, you you and everybody else. We never doubted Cam. <laughs> no, everybody saw this coming. The yeah, I, I mean, I I forget how many points he had in the, the fourth quarter overtime, but he obviously hit the huge three in the fourth quarter that helped send it to overtime. Man, that uh, that was an amazing performance for Cam. That was probably one of his best, maybe his best game 
in his career in the NBA. And yeah, I mean, he's hopefully he keeps playing this consistent because that's been his biggest problem is consistency. And he's been so boomer bust. And at he can, it's so boomer bust that sometimes he'll have one play on one possession and he looks spectacular. And then the literally the next possession, it'll be like, who is this guy? What is he doing? And yep, to put together an entire, it sounds ridiculous, but to put together an entire game like that, we've never really seen that, certainly in a Knicks uniform. So it was special. And to watch him get out and transition like that, as Knicks fans, we've wanted this team to run for so long. So if Cam can get out and do that and help us like that, he's the kind of guy who should be playing with Obi Toppin and playing with Emmanuel quickly. I know they didn't really play much uh, last night, but, you know, quickly to shoot the ball well. And Obi Toppin, oh, man, poor Obi Toppin, man. He is so SOL. I don't think we really need to pile on Obi right now. But, yeah, I Julius played great. So he, and look, I, I don't know if he's going to be an all-star or anything this year. I, I would not bet on that. But Matt, Jeff, I think you mentioned he was efficient. That was the most important thing. Last year, he was not efficient. He took bad shots. And last night, he did not take bad shots, and he was a willing passer. That's He was very much a willing passer. I'm not willing to trust him 100% after one game, but I'm hoping that he's bought in and that he's just going to be that guy. I remember there was one specific pass to Mitch that was really impressive. I think Mitch was cutting on the, it was Mitch who was cutting on the baseline. And yeah, liked what I saw from Julius. Uh, it sucked that Mitch got into foul trouble because I was really looking forward to seeing him with Brunson. But I mean, Hartenstein, obviously we learned he's a Tibbs guy. My God, led the team in minutes. He's the backup center. 40 minutes. Yeah. That's such a Tibbs thing to have the backup center lead the team in minutes. <laughs> it is. It really is. <laughs> it's such a Tibbs thing. And I'm not even, I'm not even trashing. Like he played really well. That floater he's got is really good. And like, I don't know if that's a thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, my bad, Chip. Think about it too. You know, he took a decent amount of threes. If he hits just two. Yeah. The game, the game is different, and that behind the the back pass he had to Obi, I was like, "Who is this guy?" Yeah, yeah, I know. And I'll be honest, before we signed him, I barely ever heard of the guy. Barely ever heard of him. And he didn't play in college, Jeff. You know, me and you watch a lot of college ball, so I'd never heard of him, like draft wise. Right. So yeah, so I barely ever heard of him. He plays on the West Coast, so we don't watch a lot of West Coast ball. But yeah, he's re- he was already really impressive. Yeah, his offensive game. I was I had heard about his three point shooting, and his passing, but I was stunned by that floater. That was impressive, man. He had yeah. a few of those going where he has a nice touch, and yeah, the if his three point shot is consistent, that just opens up something that's completely new for us. When was the last time we had a legitimate stretch five? Have we had one since Channing Fry? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you know, and my takeaways of the game is, of course, you you know, and not that you always want to take moral victories, but they did fight and come back into the game and make it exciting. That that was that was a big thing for me because they go down nineteen, and I'm kind of in my mind just pushing it off to the side, like, all right, you know, I'm just gonna kind of stare at the screen every once in a while, you know. I, I was kind of checking out. 
And then I see them slowly kind of chip away and it's like, okay, now let me get my full attention, especially with the Yankees giving up home runs left and right. I, I got to try to enjoy something right now. And striking uh, out left and, and right. Striking too. out left and right. But so that, there's nothing new there, uh, you know, especially against Houston in Houston and in the playoffs in general. Uh, but, you know, yeah, just the fact that they were able to kind of fight and get back into the game uh, when some of your key players didn't have their best stuff with RJ Barrett. Um, and it, it's kind of funny because, you know, Brunson came out of the gate slow and, you know, we go back to the off season and the Knicks give them that contract. And there is a big group out there that think that the Knicks overpaid, uh, for Brunson and did not want to get a part of that deal. I am on the other side of that. I think he's going to be just fine. And I think he's going to show that he's, he's worth it. Um, it, it's just my opinion. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't, I'm, you know, I, I, I am a big Brunson guy. Um, so I'm excited that he's on the team and he did get off to a slow start last night. I think part of that was foul trouble early on. He picked up two first quarter fouls and had to sit. And that kind of, that, that makes it hard to get into a rhythm, uh, when you get into early foul trouble. Uh, and I think that kind of, you know, plays a role in the slow start, but he came out and had a much better second half, uh, and was big for us down the kind of stretch, except of course, when John Morant chased him down for that block, um, that, that kind of hurt. <laughs> I think he was that well he I know he got fouled he was so fouled. he should have gone to the line on that yeah he, he was fouled but still since it wasn't called it was like oh, that was kind of one of those like momentum shifts I think in it you know they get a big chase down block and you can just feel the energy of the crowd pick up and you know Morant goes right down and scores uh but I was happy to see him kind of bounce back and you know have a have a solid performance and I think he'll build up on that and play much better tomorrow night against uh, Detroit. Um, now, you know, RJ Barrett, uh, it was just one of those things that, you know, and I, I think Van Gundy talked about it as well. Usually you see him, even if he's struggling offensively, he's still locked in defensively. And it just didn't look like he was, you know, on both ends of the floor, just with it. It just was one of those nights for him. And, you know, of course you get overreaction from fans. That's what I enjoy looking for. It gives me humor, makes me laugh. Um, you know, people are, why would we give him a hundred million dollars when he can't do anything, blah, blah, blah. It's, it, it's hysterical. Uh, but you know, at the same time, it, it's not an overreaction. I'm not overreacting. I'm not sitting here one game going, Oh my God, you know, Barrett, we got a problem, blah, blah, blah. But it's a big year for, him. uh, you know, I, I think, I, I think so. You know, every year we've seen him take, you know, a step forward. And I want to see him take a bigger step forward this year. He did sign that, that extension. He did sign that bigger contract. Um, now, obviously, one bad game doesn't make me go, oh, God, what do we do? I'm not – I can't explain that enough. I'm not panicking here going. But it was an awful game and just one that not a whole lot of things went right for him. Um, just seemed to kind of force some things at times. Uh, but thank God guys stepped up by Cam Reddish. And it's like one of those things for me when I'm watching this, it's I'm unsure about Cam Reddish, right? Like, I don't really know how I should feel about him. And, you know, you see a lot of fans kind of push for him to get minutes. But then when you see him get minutes, sometimes it, it, it's not effective. So it's like, I don't know. And then he comes out and has a night like this last night. And you're like, where is this all the time for this guy? Because he obviously is capable of doing it. Um, and I hope it's something that, that continues. Cause as you said, Chip, a guy that's getting out running the floor. I mean, he was finishing coast to coast. It's funny. Cause as hot as he was, <laughs> when he took the three pointer to tie it, I'm thinking we're giving 
Cam Reddish a three pointer to tie this game. That's that's the play. That was We're a get, great as play. the pass is coming, it was, and it was great. He was play. open. But in my mind, I'm thinking Cam Reddish is shooting this three with the clock winding down to tie this game. And then it goes in. And I'm like, oh yeah, he's having I can't that believe, night. Like that yeah. makes sense. You know? I can't believe he got the ball. I, was I, like, I, wow. that, I, I didn't think he was the one shooting it. That's all I'm saying. And when I see the pass coming to him, I'm like, we're passing the Cam Reddish to shoot this three. Oh, okay. And it goes in. I'm like, great. Went with the uh, hot hand. He, he had the hot hand. It was his night. And hopefully, like I said, hopefully he can build off of it. Um, you know, and then at the end of the game, too, I thought Farnie had a great look. And out of his hands, I thought it was yeah. going in. And it's just one of those things that just drew a little bit too much iron and, and bounced out. But it was a great look. So the point is, Yes, I hate moral victories, and I don't want to sit here, and I hope this is not a trend that where we'll talk about moral victories because after a while, that gets real old. But the execution, even down the stretch of that, to get a shot like that, and they did it right before you know the overtime with the three-pointer to Reddish, they executed. And last year, that was a problem in these close games. They would do something stupid, and it still happens some. You know, We talked about Randall having a good night. I felt like momentum – after we took that one point lead and they scored and then we kind of went back and forth, he picked up that real silly foul in the fourth quarter. And I felt like that kind of stopped a little momentum. Ruddish was able to get it back, obviously by tying the game going to overtime. Um, but you know, the execution was just a lot better. It's just at the end of the day, you know, I, I feel like we just got beat by an all-star point guard in, in John Morant that just happened to make some spectacular plays. I mean, as simple as that. Um, but you know, like you said, Chip, I, I think we can hang with those guys if we can get, you know, RJ Barrett to have a, a typical night. So there, there is a lot to kind of be encouraged about, I think. And I think they build off of this and play much better tomorrow. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm looking for. And, you know, if you guys have anything else you want to add about last night's game, uh, go ahead and feel free to, as I ask this next question, uh, but you know, Jeff, I'll start with you. Um, you know, we obviously didn't do anything in the offseason leading up to it. And I'm just curious to pick your guys' brains a little bit here about what you think overall for the Knicks this season. What are some things that you're, you're hoping to see? What are some of your expectations from this year, predictions, um, and all along those things? So, Jeff, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I know Chip and I, uh, we had kind of contributed to like a, a, a round table yeah. uh, for Knicks fan TV. So, you know, in terms of record, I, I feel fairly confident with a 42 and 40 as a base. And then, you know, of course, things can improve and maybe you bump that up a couple of wins or or subtract it based on injuries and, and kind of how guys are developing. But, you know, I, I want to touch real quick. I, I want to give Tom Thibodeau a little bit of praise here because um, and anyone that like kind of maybe follows what I write or, or what I say on Twitter. I, I will say I'm a little bit of a tips guy. So you can say that there's bias there or, or not. But um, I love the play that he drew up last night. And um, I, I obviously wasn't in the locker room, you know, with the Knicks. But whatever he said to them to get them to play with a lot more um, urgency and intensity in comparison from the this the first half was clearly important because this team came out with a much greater purpose and and they played as such so and the the sideline out of bounds play that he drew up and I'm going to yeah. give his credit for that but I'm also going to give Cam Reddish credit for that because he made the cut 
And I know he had a rookie, I think, guarding him on the baseline. And, and he was overcrowded on the right side before he cut to the left side and was very much open while Jalen Brunson was driving the lane. But that play was well-designed. And I think there's a lot of people that love to say Tibbs is outdated with his offense, his defense. Yes, there is, I think, some truth to that. But Tibbs, as he showed us in the first year that he was here, has adjusted, I think has made um, improvements to his overall way that he approaches the game and development. You know, you've seen that he takes the young guys under his wing and they actually run two practices, one for the entire team and one for just the young guys. So he's very much to me committed to these young guys growing. Um, and I like to see that. So, you know, besides the record 42 and 40, um, the biggest thing that I want to watch for, and, and maybe we get in, into this a little bit, is is how the young guys improve and who who cements themselves along with maybe R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson as a guy that's going to be built with for the future. You know, uh, Ian Begley just dropped a very interesting tidbit the other day. Teams are still calling about yeah. Obi and Emmanuel quickly. They're not going to pay them both. So who's going to stay? Cam just had a great night tonight. He's going to be in the rotation for the near future. He's going to play Friday. What happens when Grimes comes back? So I am very interested to see how this all works out. Chip, what about you? Yeah. Uh, just first of all, you saying uh, Tibbs is interested in the the young players developing. Uh, just hearing you say that could could get you killed on some other parts and of I will Twitter. Take- I will take all of the arrows thrown my way. And I, I wrote an article about it over the summer. You guys check that out. I got my receipts. I'm ready to go at anyone <laughs> who wants to talk to me about Tom Thibodeau's player development, because as far as I'm concerned, it's been pretty damn good. I'll never forget the Julius Randall. All you did was put Julius Randall and Carmelo Anthony in the same headline. And that, yeah. that was all it took. My mentions were on fire that yeah. day. I, I got quite, it was, yeah, it was fun. And you're, a, uh, ironically, you're a Mellow stan. Yeah. yeah. And they were still like, what the Mello. hell's the matter with you? Always love Mellow. Always love Mellow. It was the most ridiculous thing I, I've ever seen. But, and I'm glad you're writing for Knicks Fan TV and not uh, Daily Knicks anymore. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I I agree with, I think I wrote on the, the round table, I think I said 41 wins. So I'm in the same ballpark as you. And I think it'd be a disappointing season for sure if they didn't at least make the play in. Um, and they definitely have enough talent to make the play in and get sneak into the playoffs. I, I look at the East and it's obviously gotten stronger. But I think, and I, I think a lot of people agree, the Bulls are going to be worse. For sure. I think they'll take a step back. I think we'll be better than the Bulls. Yep. I'm not completely sold on the Hawks yet. I think we can be better than the Hawks. Uh, they got a lot of changes. Are you, you disagree or? It's such a tough one, man. I'm going to be yes. honest. You're asking me right now today. I put the Hawks above us in the standings. Oh, yeah. um, Trey Young is still Trey Young. And, and I think both him and DeJounte Murray had 20. I think they both had double doubles last night. Um, Who'd they play? I don't even know. Uh, they played uh, the uh, Rockets. Yes. Oh, okay. The Rockets. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, not a great opponent by any stretch of the imagination. But it's a win. 
It's a win. They, 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 they could be tough, man. I, you know. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I, I don't know if one player is going to improve their defense that much, but he might. He might. I have no idea. And they're so locked into that core now. Yeah. Who knows, though? And they also have Capella, too. I mean, they have they have the it looks like they should be better on paper, but I'm not ready to say that yet. I think I think we'll for sure be in the play in and the East is going to be good. But you always know there's always one team in each conference that you think it is supposed to be good preseason and ends up not being good. So right. who's it going to be? Is it going to be like I honestly I think the Cavs are going to be awesome. So I don't think it's going to be the Cavs to the maybe the Celtics have a really disappointing year. I mean, they have a coach who's never been a coach before. Who knows? Um, they maybe pretty good on opening night. Yeah, they did. <laughs> uh, maybe someone gets hurt in Philly. Embiid uh, would obviously have to be the one to get hurt. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Something could happen. I mean, the Nets look like shit on opening night. Yeah. I don't know if you watched any of that. Game. That was always that fun. Was bad basketball. I didn't even. I mean, I, it's nice to see. I don't know the Pelicans. They looked Zion's decent. back. Zion, you know. Zion. But, uh, I don't Let's, know. I mean, I, I'd like to see him play more than one more game. Than. I'd like to see him play <laughs> ten straight healthy games before hey. I say that. As much as I love him, but hey. uh, I'm glad he's healthy, and I'm not gonna throw a party for him for being healthy and in shape. But I, I'm glad he's playing basketball again. But yeah, I I think for sure we're a playing team. I think we'll win. 40 something games, 41. I think the the win total right now is 38 and a half. So I took the over on that. I think that was I also took the over last year and that didn't work out so well. But yeah, I I like us this year. I'm obviously I love Jalen Brunson. That signing was just great for us. I think he pushes us over the top. And I think we're still another guy away from getting to that next level, but it would be like I said, it would be disappointing if we didn't get there. And my like individual expectations, I mean, I put significant, pretty significant money for me on RJ to win most improved player. So that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, obviously a disappointing first uh, first game for RJ, but I think he can do it. I really do. And I, I maybe I kind of talked myself into it because look, most improved player award is for sure a scoring based award. If a guy's going to win his points per game have to go significantly up and RJ averaged 20 a game last year. And I don't think Jalen Brunson coming in is going to affect his scoring too much. So what needs to happen is Julius needs to embrace, you know, what he looked like last night. You know, he took, I think 18 shots last night or something like that. If he's going to be that guy, who takes 18 shots or whatever he took, 16, 18. I think RJ can can win most improved. I think he can score more points, like could go from 20 to maybe not 25 yet, but 23 maybe gets lucky and does that. He played really well the second half of last year, and I think he can do it. You know, we talked a little, I mentioned Obi earlier, and... I wanted so I want so bad to see Obi play. I really do. But every time I talk about like my brother's a big Knicks fan too and he loves Obi and every time he asks me about him I'm like there's just no route for minutes there. Yeah. Like Tibbs needs 48 minutes of rim protection and he's never and 
Ovi plays the same position as Julius Randle. And Tibbs ain't playing those guys together. It ain't happening. He, and he made it clear in that opening game, like, not only is he not playing those guys together, I don't. I still don't think he really trusts Obi. Like Obi, Obi just made he made like a couple mistakes or something, and Tibbs is just like you're out of there. And I think he trusts quickly, but quickly had an off night. Yeah. And yeah, I think mm, I don't know. I feel bad for Obi, but I think he's like Jeff. You mentioned, and I I saw the Begley thing too, where and that makes sense. They're not going to pay. Uh, top and end quickly. They're not going to pay two guys from the same draft. It's the NBA. That's not how it works. But yeah, I I think it's going to be quickly. Who's going to be the guy? Yeah, I I'd be surprised if Toppin gets his second contract in New York, wouldn't you? I I want to throw something out at you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I was thinking about earlier today. Um, so Cam's recent resurgence makes me think about rotation decisions, right? And I think based on the way Quentin Grimes played last year, <clears throat> I think when Quentin Grimes is healthy, he will be in this rotation. Tibbs likes him. Tibbs likes him, right? Mm-hmm. You guys see a world where, and obviously Kim would have to continue to play lights out. Do you guys see a world where Cam could potentially be the four that maybe gets some of Toppin's minutes and who knows if Obi gets pushed out of the rotation. Um, I don't know because, because here's the thing, right? Like Chip, you just said it. Obi, if Julius is going to be this Julius, right? Mm-hmm. Obi's not getting more than 15 minutes a game. Like he's just, yeah. not. and I would maybe want those minutes. I don't know. Like if Cam is really going to be like this, this is the other thing, right? I And um, this is not my thought, right? I, this is a Jonathan Macri. Like, he had this in his newsletter today. It made me think a lot about this. His performance last night was probably one of the most impressive from our young group that we have. It's not the most. that RJ's had 40-point nights. And I know Obi, I think he put up 20 or 30, like, late last year. Yeah. You know, one of those like, games that didn't matter that we went right. crazy over. <laughs> that didn't matter. It's true. Yeah. So Cam just had a great performance and honestly, the way he gets those points, creating his own shot, not needing Jalen Brunson to set the table for him, not needing Derrick Rose to set the table for him because that's what Obi needs currently the way he is. He needs a point guard to really get him open in transition. The three three point shots looking ugly, dude. Yeah. Not looking great. Right. So my thing is, if Cam is going to continue to play like this, and we know Julius is getting 35 a night, what is Obi's role on this team? I don't know. You We've know, been asking that. guy that loved Obi Toppin yeah. and more than most, but man, I don't, I don't know. We've been at Cam Reddish, by the way, last night looked like the guy we thought Obi was going to be. Right. The runner in transition who could finish and – They've just never had Obi be that guy. He's been a spot up shooter so much. And I don't know, man. We've been asking that from day one. What's Obi's role on this team? Because he's stuck behind Julius. And we thought from day one, Obi was going to be the guy who replaced Julius. And Julius was going to be gone. And then all of a sudden, he got in the tough spot that certain guys get stuck into where the guy he was supposed to replace all of a sudden became really good. And an all NBA season, 
And then it was like, oh, how am I supposed to play? What am I supposed to do? I'm backing up this guy who obviously is going to play a lot every single night. And it's, I mean, it's just hard for him to find minutes. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, could I imagine a world where Cam Reddish takes Obi Toppin's minutes? If he keeps playing like this, I mean, there's never been a situation where Tibbs has been like, you know, I mean, well, not never, but I'll, here's what I'll say. Has there ever, maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. You have better memories than me. Has there ever been a situation where Tibbs has drawn up a play to give Obi Toppin the last shot in the game? No. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a thing, right? Isn't that a thing? And and Cam, Tibbs doesn't even like Cam. <laughs> and, he, and he gave it to him. Look for every reason not to play him. Yeah, yeah. The entire time he's been on the team. And Cam had such a good game that he drew up the last shot for him in the fourth quarter. And he's just never had that kind of, he's never shown that kind of faith in Obi before. Right. And mm, it's, I'm not going to say it's exactly like Frank Nielakina because Obi's obviously shown much more than Frank. Well, yeah. But it's, it's Frank Nielakina vibes. Right. Because we're all so desperate to see Obi succeed. And it's, you know, Tibbs kind of showed the same interest in Frank. <laughs> like he was like, yeah, Frank's just a guy on that on the team. <laughs> like right. there was there. Frank is what do you say? Situational. He said that about, he says that about a lot of guys. That was his big word last year. Yeah. Uh, when Kemba, when he finally benched Kemba, he was like, yeah, he's situational. <laughs> and everyone knows what that word means when he uses Could it. Could you imagine if he drops situational on Obi? Oh, that, that would be, be very tough. And, and honestly, the other thing is like, and this is more of just like emotional fan thing. I would really feel for Obi, man. Like at the end of the day, like the club, the Knicks matter more than any one player. And, mm. and I want the best guys that are out there. But Obi gives a shit, man. Like he, he, yeah. definitely, he definitely cares. He seems like a good guy. And people talk about his energy like, People clearly like him in the clubhouse. He's very easy to root for. Um, but yeah, it would be tough. It would be very tough. That would be very tough. And you have the local kid angle, grew yeah. up Knicks yeah. fan, his dad too. And right. I don't know, man. He was, I just find it hard to believe there's not something in there. I know that we don't put, we're not supposed to put too much stock in college, but man, he was national college player of the year. He was awesome there like just watching him there it was like there's a really good nba i'm not saying he's going to be an all-star but there's a good nba basketball player in ob Toppin. yeah he ran so much i mean but they ran so much more pick and roll for him specifically yeah. at dayton where he was the focus that's and, the thing and, yeah and that i happens, remember yeah. watching i remember watching his tape and being really impressed with the way he navigated that you know but if you think of his role here, he is he's starting when he gets to the offensive side of the court, he's usually starting um at like the bottom like baseline yeah. on in the corners, right? So he's he's cutting in if the if the point guard goes down to try and get a lob or what up, he'll come up, but you know, Mitch is Mitch is usually the first person that's coming up for for um the pick and roll screen. So it's, it's hard, man. I, I feel for him, but you know, if, if Cam keeps playing like this, a six, eight wing who can shoot and dribble you, it's, it's like, 
it's almost no choice. You know, you got to yeah. go with Cam because of the type of player that he can be. Well, yeah, I, it's I tough think... for these guys who are used to being the the focal point of the offense to go to role players. Like I, I'm sure you've heard JJ Redick talk about when he started out in the league and how he was literally the entire team was about him at Duke. And right. he had to adjust. They ran, they ran constantly ran plays for him when he was at Duke, he ran off screens and he had to adjust to that when he got to the NBA and how, you know, he was a bit player in the NBA and he struggled and he barely ever got in the, on the court. And I, when I think about Obi, I kind of think about that, how he, you know, he needs to kind of go and get his for the first time. You know, the coaches aren't going to adjust the offense to help him. And it's, yeah, I think he has, is probably struggling to adjusting to be a role player for the first time is what I would think. He's always been the best player on every team he's played on. Yeah, I just feel like with them, and I love Obi as well, so it's kind of funny because last year it's one of those things I always wanted him to play, wanted more and more and more of Obi. Um, but, you know, I think the big thing for him this year, he's, he's got to add that jump shot. I mean, and it's not, this ain't rocket science. I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know um, because it is a one-trick pony, running the floor, catching a lob, dunking. And that's exciting, and that, that gives us a lot of highlights. You know, even in the preseason, he had a couple of dunks, that one that he put between his legs. Like, that stuff is needed. That stuff has a place because it does provide a spark. It does provide a little energy. But, you know, you know, we, we keep – if Redis plays like this, it, it you have to. You have to cut it to those, those minutes where he might fall out of the rotation because if Redis is going to hit the shot, that's what the whole NBA is about. It's a, it, it, especially today's, today's, today's to be able to touch out the floor. You got to be able to, you know, knock down a three pointer and, and Obi's, as you said, Chip, his, his three ball looks ugly. It is, it's horrendous, yeah. you know, and just, it's something that I was hoping that in this off season, he was going to come out and, and again, I'm not looking for him to jump to like 40% from three or something like that, but you want to see progression. You want to see that kind of go up. Uh, and it's just, we have, we don't have any evidence to suggest that that's going to be the case. It still kind of looks like it was last year. And if that jump shot does not develop for him and other guys are hitting that shot, then yeah, even though he can provide energy, even though he can provide a little spark, it's hard to play him in there. If he can't help stretch the floor, it's as simple as that. Yeah. And unfortunately he's probably the low man on the totem pole to come out of the rotation because. Look, I know D Rose didn't play a lot in the first game, but we know he's not coming out of the rotation as yeah. long as Tibbs is the coach. And it's not going to be quickly because I think Tibbs likes him. And I don't think quickly should come out of the rotation either. And I know Knicks fans would hope it was Fournier, but Tibbs isn't taking a starter out of the rotation. So that's just not going to, and he's a vet. It's not going to happen. So I think, yeah, Jeff, I think you're right. I think if cams keeps playing like this, that's that would be a catch 22. Like, I think it could be Obi who gets his minutes cut maybe completely. Like, that would be incredible. Just, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And look, it's one game from yeah, camp. that's so, the thing. He's got to do it again. And we talked about it. He's not consistent. I mean, well, there's moments where you go, wow, you can see why people like him. And then there's other games where he's like, oh, my God, this guy can't play to save his life. Like, he I don't could have, have, you know, yeah. By the time this episode comes out, he could have yeah. turned Tomorrow the ball over he seven totally times against, there, against the Wizards. Know? We could look right. like assholes. Yeah. yeah. 
it's it's just one of those things where you know but if if he maintains it and has a stretch right here then you know early on we do see that the rotation is a little broader uh you know usually by that 10 15 game mark it might start shrinking uh so you know that is important stretching and you know, to give Cam Reddish a little shout out again, he got his opportunity because Grimes was banged up and hurt and got and got some minutes and made the most of it. And that sometimes that's just what you have to do. Right. So quite frankly, as much as I love Obi, I, I need somebody to come into the game and do those things. So I hope it continues because I just want to win. That's a, I mean, that's what it comes down to. And playing like that, that can help us win. Um, yeah, yeah. My outlook for the season is, you know, here obviously a frustrating start i think the first several months of the podcast it was just a lot of frustration uh you know as as they took a they all took a step down i felt though after that february stretch remember when they just kept blowing leads left and right i mean they they blew a 25 point lead to portland um they they i can't even remember all the teams that they blew leads to but it was just left and they almost blew it to golden state and somehow Clay Thompson missed an elbow jump shot, and we survived that game. Um, but that stretch right there, that was the season. All those losses, because they did start to play better basketball at the end of last year, and they did start winning some games. And I was hoping, and I still have hope, that that will carry into this season. Uh, and, and I think they return to the playoffs. Um, whether if that is in a play-in game, I would like to stay out of the playing game and just make it outright. But I know that that's going to be a, a tough task. I have it somewhere in the 40 win mark as well. Um, you know, I think at best a 45. And I think the number I put down on it um, on my radio show was I think they win about the same as you, Jay. I think you said 42. I was yeah. around 42, 43 wins is, is kind of where I have them a, a, as well from this season. But I'm hoping it's enough to get into the playoffs. Um, and then individual expectations, like I said and alluded to earlier, oh, what a surprise, Josh Donaldson strikes out. Um, but um, that guy sucks. The bringer of rain. So bad. The bringer of rain. So bad. Like, the bringer of rain. You're not bringing rain. You're bringing wind because you're swinging and missing. Like, I, you, you, you suck. Uh, just get off the field. Uh, you can play defense, though. Can we do a designated fielder? Is that, can we do that? Is that allowed? Because I would do that with him in a heartbeat. Because he can't have to write a strongly worded letter to Rob Manfred. Yeah, well, he that guy that guy's kind of useless. So I, I who knows if he knows how to read. But uh, back to the basketball thing. Uh, I alluded to this earlier. I want to see you know we we've, we've seen RJ take little steps, little steps. But he he signed that extension, you know, and they you know obviously. Was part of the trade talks with Donovan Mitchell. All that kind of falls through. They give him the extension, and we need him. Uh, and we need him to be not three for 18 or whatever the heck he shot. And, again, it's one game. Some of y'all that are overreacting to the one game, you need to chill and relax. But I want to see him, like you said, Chip, you, you think he can be most improved. I want to see him in that discussion. I want to see him over 20 points per game. That's what we need him to be. I think he can do it. Um, I think he's going to – I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of a slow start from him again on uh, tomorrow night. But well, overall – I hope not. Enough with these fucking slow starts. I, I, these, that's, I these just Knicks think, fans who tweeted out like, yeah. hey, R.J. Barrett's, you know, he gets out the slow starts. That's his thing. No. 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 Yeah, I agree with you there. He's, 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 the, more, we're he's done. the most 
Teixeira of the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised to see another slow start. But I do think that he starts to do things to kind of get him going in the right direction. I, I think he has a much better overall game. And, I mean, honestly, how worse can you do than, like, three of 18 shooting? Yeah. I mean, you only can go up from there, right? Like, you can't do worse than that. So, I, I, I look for him to bounce back, and I look for him to have a strong season because we need it. We, we need R.J. Barrett to start moving in that, that conversation and maybe even being in, in discussion. In my opinion, I, I, and I think he has the talent to do it. Has to go do it. Simple as that. I think it's going to be tough to win that one, but I think he definitely has a chance. I think they, the Anthony Edwards push on that award is going to be all year long, but I think RJ definitely has a shot. Yeah. He's just got to, you know, the, the idea of a, a slow start would, would kill him, but also the Knicks have to be good for him to win it. They have to, you know, we talked about winning 40 games. The Knicks got to win 40 games for him to win the award. Yeah. Or if they're bad, he's not going to win it. So I think it's time to do our traditional last take, last call. Anything that you would like to lay out here before we wrap up the show, maybe a prediction for Friday night, uh, anything else that you could think of that we didn't cover. Um uh, now would be the time to do it. Anything that we got to add? I'll, I'll throw this out there. I do. I expect the Knicks to win uh, handedly against the Pistons on Friday. I'll be at the game. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped and I definitely hope they win. But I also expect Jalen Duren uh, to have a really good game. Of and course he as will. Result, <laughs> as a result, Knicks Twitter will uh 100% be about how could you we had this guy how could you not draft him all of this um and honestly to be fair as a guy that watched a shit ton of college basketball last year um I think Jalen Duran has a chance to be pretty special and that whole Pistons team their young core is going to be very interesting to watch going forward so I don't think I don't think um, anyone who says that is completely off the rocker because, you know, the Knicks essentially had a chance to draft either Usman Dieng, who's looked decent in some preseason games for the Thunder, and Jalen Duran, and A.J. Griffin, who's currently getting DNPs in Atlanta, but I actually think he'll he'll be good eventually. So it's just Jalen Brunson's got to be, and I, I have all the faith in the world in him. I love the kid, but he's got to be pretty damn good. Um, for some section of Knicks fans to not forget about the draft capital that we maybe kind of pissed away. But either way, pump for the game Friday night. They should win. I think most rational Knicks fans have forgotten about the Donovan Mitchell thing must have made them forget about Jalen Duran. But yeah, he, I, I think he's going to be good too. I'm with you. I think he's going to be good. But yeah, I also think we're going to win tomorrow night. We're recording this on Thursday. I think we'll win the home opener. I think we got some momentum after taking that one into overtime after the slow start. So I think we'll win the home opener. And uh, yeah, I think yeah, 0-2 would not be a great start. I uh, like uh, 1-1. One and one. I like 1-1. One and one. and uh, yeah, yeah, a nice 1-1 one one start would be good. Winning the opener at home. And I'm I'm looking forward to the home opener. I think that'll be a good one. You know, their first preseason game, they won by like 100. Uh, and somebody tweeted out that they've seen all they need to see. They're going 82-0. and 0. 
And I was like, that's that's so logical. That's it. We're going 82 and 0. Well, obviously we can't now. So, you know, 81 and 1 isn't bad. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's my new rally cry. Um, no, I think we bounce back. I, I, I think they come out and, and they take care of business tomorrow night. I need Brunson and Randall to have a big game because I traded Bradley Beal for them on my fantasy team. Uh, just because why not? Like, I mean, why not? I don't care about the league and I want my guys to do well. So therefore I traded Bradley Beal, who's like a top fantasy player. So um, it would make me feel good if they both come out and drop like 50 a piece and we win by 200. Um, that, that would be, that would be lovely. No, I'm just, no, I'm just not want them to bounce back, get the win. Um, and, and, you know, start off one and one go from there. Uh, and, and just come out like they did in that second half. You come out and you play with that kind of mentality. You play with that kind of effort. You're going to win a lot of basketball games. It, it's simple as that. That's the way you need to play. And, you know, if they looked at film from the game and the film session, I'm sure that's what Tibbs pointed out as well, is that is the way that we're capable of playing. If we play like that, we're not going to have any problems. Um, and that's, that's what I kind of want to see. I don't want to see a slow start from them. I want to see them come out fast, kind of step on their throats early and, and and cruise to a victory here. I don't want it to be close. I want pure domination. That's what I hope for tomorrow night. So that's it. That's all we have. Hopefully the Yankees can come back. It is now three to two. Bregman hit a home run, made it three nothing. Hmm. And then Valdez had a crucial error that the Yankees took advantage of and scored two runs. So it's three to two. Uh, praying for a miracle in this, but you know, guys, I don't think we have the horses to do it. Yeah. Like we're too banged up. It's unfortunate. I hate Houston. I hate <laughs> so much. I think everybody does, other than the Houston fans. But well, Mets fans are rooting for the pathetically rooting for the Astros. But... Oh well, yeah, I guess. God, I guess. Well, the collapse they had—that was something. Yeah, this that was the their... Mets being the Mets. This is their World Series. <laughs> rooting, rooting against the Yankees. Uh, I don't think they got to root too, but like I said, I don't think we have enough. I, 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 if we had like Michael King and Chad Green, you know, and, and you know Ben Detendi and Lemayhu healthy, I feel pretty good about our postseason roster. But that just once again not in the cards for us. Uh, and honestly, even in the years past, we've always had great bullpens that kind of gave us a chance. Uh, this bullpen ain't the same uh, and just just don't see it happening. So well, hopefully best, I'm wrong. when your best reliever is out for the season, that that kills you. Yeah, he was lights out. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast. Thanks for listening.